again this evening with one of my favorite people on planet earth frank down in austin frank how are you doing well brian how are you doing today you know crushing it as every other day goes just dominating at life um i'm drinking a, a bit of a special beer this evening i'm just gonna jump right in go ahead uh i think it might be the first of the of the season i don't know it may maybe somebody Oktoberfest. Well, no, I mean, this is kind of late for us, but, I mean, we haven't been talking beer very much lately. It is a Summer Shania Twain. Ooh, those are good. A little line of Kugel Summer Shandy. Mm. Uh, I found a, I, I walked by the store, and I saw a six-pack of it, and I said to myself, I says, I says, I says, you deserve it. You're worth it. Get another one. And it was just, it was yeah. literally just a, a maybe little, it's may, Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, all those things that uh, are motivating people to buy shit and uh and participating in uh, uh buying things they don't need that was it I, I fell right for the trap it's fantastic <laughs> this is i think my last one out of the six pack i'm kind of bummed you don't realize how quickly they go down you really don't no i mean it's like drinking a lemonade that's the problem yeah it is a bit of a problem <coughs> anyway. so, so that's good that's good man yeah what are you uh are you sipping on anything this evening I, I am. I actually, when it's this hot out, I mostly drink bourbon and Coke. <laughs> so I have a bourbon and Coke, but I do have some Modelo. I switch off between the two and, and seltzer, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's whatever after I get done working outside, what I feel like. So tonight I had a bourbon and Coke and I'm going to grab some Modelo in just a minute. Um, I just don't feel like my palate appreciates the the pricey beer when it's this hot. You know, like you're too dehydrated. You're drinking them too quickly. Yep. Um, I just feel like you you just bomb through through them, and I, I'd rather bomb through a Modelo at fucking four and a bit percent than bomb through you know a seven eight percent beer. Um, it's going to be way better for you long term. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really switch from the Modelo seltzer world too much, dude. I've been I, I picked up a, a twelve pack of sixteen ounce Coors Light, which I'm going to tell you right now is how hard up I am on on drinking because I'm with you. Like I'll I'll sit and just crush four beers in a night and be like wow I four double IPAs is really tough to uh tough to handle some nights mm-hmm. so like if I buy the lower ABV stuff something that's a little cheaper I don't mind if I sh- if I slam through it you know one one night a week and uh, but it's like it's it's like you're not thinking right like yeah. you've been outside you've been working it's it's like when you're drinking water and. Like, I like the taste of water, actually. Yeah. Um, so if, if I fill up my water bottle, I, I could just as well be filling up a water bottle. Like, it's just, oh, but it's a beer, you know? Beer is super refreshing. It's got some electrolytes in it. Let me drink one. And then you're not going back to water. So then you're, like, trying to rehydrate with beer. It's a terrible combo. Yeah. So what I've started doing is I hit myself with a Pedialyte and a bottle of water, and then I decide. And it's become a lot more sort of like, oh, yeah, I'll have, you know a bourbon and Coke or maybe two Modellos or something. So I, I don't know. Like I drink because I'm thirsty. I don't like, <laughs> you know, 
it's it's a yeah it's pretty funny i uh I've been doing, uh, you know, you, you know me and my and my and my whiskey intake. Yep. Every now and then, I'll I'll go on a kick. Like last night, I uh, I smoked two cigars out in the garage, and uh, watched some YouTube videos, and I poured myself uh, a glass of wild turkey rare breed, which rare breed is that like 126 proof wild turkey. Yep. And then I was like, eh, you know what? That might be a little intense. I probably ought to pour. Uh, like a Tennessee whiskey on the rocks and uh, let that settle down and maybe drink that as a cool, a cool sip in between. Cause also like experimenting with, with uh, whiskey and, and cigars, see and which, cigars, yeah. see how they go together. But I found myself last night, like I had finished the rare breed and I wasn't even done with the first cigar. I was like, Oh shit, this is going <sighs> to get bad. Cause I poured enough rare breed to go through for like two cigars and like be fine. I was yeah, but it's that de- it's it's the dehydration, man. It's like if you get too hot and you don't you don't think about it. Oh yeah, you so, end up easily getting stuff sneaking up. Like I don't have this problem in the winter. It's the summer. Yeah, it's not having the water nearby, so you are always sipping on the oh, well, that's whatever you brought. That's the thing. I bring up. Yeah. I have a I have a canteen. It's like a thirty ounce canteen and a twenty ounce Yeti. <clears throat> Fill them up with ice and water. And then just drink through them both. Yeah. And that's like, I set goals. If I'm going to drink more than one beer, I better match whatever, however many beers I'm going to have in the evening with water before I even start drinking. But I like to yep. chug water like a motherfucker too. So, so well, enough of that. Yeah. Um, can we discuss the fact that right now is save lawn patch season? Because mm. um, that's the most annoying shit. You, you, I mean, I feel like every day from about, I want to say about 5, 36 o'clock till about this time, I'm finding patches of lawn that are dying Mm. that I need to save. Mm. Um, You know, because it's just the sun is fucking brutal. Like there are some spots I water almost every night. Uh, just to be sure that grass still lives there because I have dogs. <laughs> yeah. And if, if I have dogs in the winter, that's just a mud pit. Yeah. So, near that like days is essentially what, where we're at here. Um, and the wife convinced me about two weeks ago to plant some shit in the um, out, outside of our gate, sort of in the common area. Yeah. That it'll get nice and big and it'll look good in about three years. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking like, yeah, for this stuff to get established, it is an every night watering for yep. the next three months. Um, so yeah, my 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 nights from about oh, and and not even to say anything about my planter box where I'm still producing tomatoes, which should not be possible at this time of the year, <laughs> but they're still fruiting. Um, not sure how it's working though. Well, <laughs> like that's, like, that's on the 106 you know, degrees outside, and I'm still making tomatoes. Well, that's Crazy. on the east side of your house, right? Like you have your house is providing it's, shade to it, right? It's it's south side, but that big oak tree provides a lot of shade, which yeah. helps. Yeah, I was gonna say because we it have, definitely does. Yeah, we, we I my brother used to grow tomatoes, and it was he, he would do some shit like that where it would be September and he's still growing things in Oklahoma, no. and it was like 100 degrees every day for a month, and he's still growing tomatoes. But it's where it was. It grew it's really it's well. where it was, and and how well you water. Like if you, if you water consistently, that plant will fruit because it knows it's getting enough water. It's not, it's not risking its life to, to fruit, which is normally the problem with tomatoes. They decide 
I'm going to grow leaves because I need to grow shade and no fruit. Yeah. And then people leave them and they don't trim them and all they get is like this bushy tomato plant who might have probably produced like three or four tomatoes. So I don't have that problem. I've probably made like four or five dozen tomatoes this year and Shit. got about five dozen out on the plants right now. But humble brag. Um, yeah, dude. No, I'm proud of it. Tomato that rich shit, right now. That shit grew from seed. And I've got I've got uh, San Marzano vines that are probably 12 feet long. God damn. Like, yeah, no, it's the, my, my neighbor is so mad at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's she's not good at growing tomatoes. And I told her you need to plant them in soil. You cannot grow them in pots. And she finally listened and her tomatoes taken off like it is bolting at the moment. Um, so now I've got to convince her to trust me so that we prune it to just be one stem because she's about to have a bushel of tomato bush that's not going to make any tomatoes. So. Um, yeah, but she trusted me thus far, so I think that's just a short conversation to get her to do that correctly. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so okay, so I plant these these plants out, right? And I, I, I just didn't think about it. And now I'm out there every night. It takes me about... 25 30 minutes to water my backyard properly yeah um <clears throat> which i mean it's it's the worst part about gardening like that's by far the worst part of gardening um it's the most important part but it sucks so uh yeah you know it's just hot as balls out here for for, for our uh celsius speaking folk we're anywhere from 40 to 45 celsius every day uh, at the moment, and we've been that way since Fourth of July. Yeah, so it's it's been I will say three it, weeks of it, just brutal temperatures. It took off late because usually we're mm -hmm. experiencing a shit from like Memorial Day weekend on. Yeah, and by by taking off late, just again for the Southern hem Hemisphere folks who I know listen. Oh, all the, um, the tens of millions of our southern millions of them. I call um, them, I call them Sohims. I call them Sohims too. Um, so if, uh, if we're comparing that, right, like taking off means going from 38 to 45, it's not like it's been, it hasn't been 25 Celsius here since probably March. Um, so most, most of our time here in Austin gets spent between 30 Celsius, which is about 82, um, all the way up to 105, which will be, I mean, that's 42, 43 Celsius. That's sort of our... I mean, April through beginning of October is kind of where we're sitting there. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I was concerned. I decided, I, I don't know. The last couple of years, I've been cutting my lawn really high. Just literally mm -hmm. just cutting as high as I can. And, and That's the best. Oh, by the way, pro tip. Yeah. St start cutting it high early June. Yeah. Because you need thick undergrowth for that water to stay. It's good, so good. Yeah, no, I, I've been I've been cutting my lawn really, really high, um, and the low the the semi low temperatures that we've had comparative to our years past, mm -hmm. the my backyard is, I'm I'm not gonna exaggerate a fucking jungle uh, after about three days, uh, yeah. and I'm not running my sprinklers. It's just fucking growing like crazy. So two weeks. Ago, I mean, that, that's nice. It is nice, uh, but the issue is. My dog's belly is like dragging the ground, like dra the, the grass is up to his belly. My dog's not a small dog. And I'm like looking at him like, okay, this is fucked up. There's all kinds of shit. Because in, in my neighborhood, I also have to be concerned about snakes 
and yep. and a lot of other little rodents, like not rodents, but rabbits and frogs and shit. And you don't want your dog to get a hold of a frog. No, we've, we've dealt with that with my dog. Uh, he threw up a a frog carcass in the middle of the floor oh. uh, about a month and a half ago. That was horrible. He was going like he was going to the back door like every hour or so, asking to go to the bathroom. And I like look because you know after he goes out three times in like in in an afternoon, you're like okay something's fucked up here. So I stepped out and watched him, and he's just like just massive poops out in the backyard. I'm like oh god, we gotta watch. We need to eat something. And he comes in half hour later, throws up a frog. I was like, well, I think I know what the hell's going on here. This is not good. Uh, then I hit a frog with a lawnmower. Uh, yeah, two three weeks ago. So two weeks ago, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm cutting this low, and I cut it the same length that I cut my front yard. And I always cut my front yard pretty. I cut it like a three, and I cut my backyard okay. at, a, at a five or a six. Um, but it's because I want my front yard to stay looking clean, and I and I water that. Like that'll be the part of the yeah, yard yeah. that I water most. Uh, <clears throat> Frank, my backyard looked like it was dead it looked like it was middle of winter two weeks ago uh and i was like you know doing that whole like okay you know what you're doing brian you do you do this all the time you did like this is how you handle bermuda grass and when it gets really really hot you can cut it low and then water it and it'll it'll survive you've already weeded everything out you're doing fine yeah i know bermuda it's just defense mechanism there it's not dying it's just going dormant yeah so and mrs brian is giving like we're sitting out on the patio enjoying our evenings and she's just looking at the yard, looking at me, looking at the yard, looking at me with that look of disgust. Like you've just like, you know, set the house on fire and walked away. I was like, okay, it's fine, sweetie. You know, run the, yep. run the sprinklers in all three zones in the backyard, create a little swamp. Literally within 10 days, just a nice, lush, bright green backyard. I'm like, okay, I still got it, baby. Still That's got it. That's how it goes. Yeah, so what I found, and for those people who do you have, and we'll probably get off lawn talk here in just a minute. But nah, I don't know, man. If, I'm getting <laughs> if, if you do find kind of snake and frog problems. Okay. Here's what I'll say. I don't use chemicals in my backyard. My dog's there. I don't really even use them in the front. Whatever I use in the backyard, I use for the front yard. So I don't really use chemicals in my yard at all. Um, fertilizers, all that like fish poop spray and stuff. So um, there is a product at the Home Depot called Snake Guard or Snake Off or something. It's purple. Okay. And it's 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 organic, but it's all like cinnamon, rosemary, oh, okay. uh, oil. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it sticks to whatever and dries on whatever. And then it overwhelms the sense of smell of, the- of animals that depend on it, snakes and frogs being two of them. Yeah. And they don't come in your backyard. That's a good so, call because we have a, a like a retaining wall in our backyard that catches mm-hmm. the western sun in the afternoons and it stays nice and warm and there's that nice like there's a little drain from where you know if my neighbors behind me run their sprinklers the drain will stay nice and wet right there by that warm mm-hmm. wall I mean it's frog literally a breeding ground for f- snake and frog activity yep and uh, yeah I w- luckily I haven't seen I haven't seen a snake in two years uh, it's basically since yeah. we got my dog. But, you know, snakes don't really mess with, like, dogs. And anytime they're around dog year, you know, they, they pick up dog year and they bolt the other way, at least in my experience, yep. with, like, bull snakes, which we deal with. No, it's true. Um, but frogs, they don't give a fuck. They're, like, dude, the frog that I hit with a lawnmower a couple weeks ago was brutal. 
Like, <laughs> I saw Huge. it. Yeah, I saw it, and I was like, just move out of the way. Just jump, just jump, just jump. Didn't jump, and I tried to let the, I, you know, killed the the walking mower, and uh, the blades were slowing down as it hit it, so it just blunt force trauma cut the cut the frog in half. I was like, oh, god damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I like frogs, man. I like honestly, I don't mind snakes, cause both of them keep keep other other insects in check. I mean, snakes a little less so, but frogs definitely will keep the flies down and mosquitoes and everything else down. I'm fine with those. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I how should I put it? I don't think there's a word in the English language that describes my absolute hatred for snakes mm. um i've got zero tolerance yeah i'm, I'm a zero tolerance <laughs> snake adapter you're a law and order snake handler exactly <laughs> I've, I've got no room for snakes in my life like no room i just i i understand they do some shit i have way more tolerance for wasps uh. um, no i've got wasps bees whatever not a problem uh, it's really just snakes. Like I, I even like, um, not afraid of bats. I've got no issue with, uh, spiders. I love spiders. Uh, it's, it's snakes. I just, we had so many deadly snakes in our backyard growing up that I just, uh, you, if you didn't, if you were not scared of snakes, uh, you were sort of disillusioned because <laughs> you were waiting to die via exactly, snake. Exactly. <laughs> snake was waiting to murder you. Yep. I, I tell you what, we've got, uh, I don't know. Some people call them, uh, cicada killers. Other people call them, uh, sand. Those are the best. The sand. red hornets. No, 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 no. These things, they look like a bee on fucking steroids. They're about that big. Like I'm whole, they're about probably three inches long. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. 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 I know which. The, yeah. I've seen those. We've got those here too. Yeah. They're aggressive. They won't. St- they they won't sting you. But they've they dive. Won't. They've dive bombed the fuck out of you. I was they taking do. my trash out the other day, and I had one, like you know, doing the old fucking. What I don't know. Kamikaze mission on it's my fucking bombing. head. Yeah. They, they don't ever hit you. But it's they, yeah. bullshit. Is what it is. And I'm out there taking the trash out. I'm barefoot. I don't even have sandals on. I don't have a hat on. I was like, oh, that's my swatting mechanism. I got nothing here. I got, I got nothing. Like I'm, I'm dancing around out in the side yard. Like looks like I'm shadow boxing, trying to duck and dodge and move away from this thing. It was messed up, man. <laughs> if you could dodge a cicada killer, you could dodge a ball. Exactly. <laughs> I'm out there. Fuck, dude, I'm sure my neighbors were like, oh, look, the white guy's losing it again. Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, he's hey, outside. listen. Is this his hey, exercise? Listen. Wow. Cicada wasps, they do look intimidating, but if you see them around, do not kill them. They are super important. Um, if Unless you do want to spend about three weeks every seven years uh, developing a uh, high-pitched uh sound in your ear canal from all the cicadas hatching. Um, I would suggest just leaving them alone because they end up helping a shit ton. <laughs> eh, you know what I mean? Eh, those okay. things are fucking creepy. Uh, anyway, uh, we, I, I, we'll, we'll get off lawn, get off my lawn talk is what we're going to call this section. And uh, we're, we're, we're done with it. See what I said there? Uh, I am. I did switch it up. I, I, as we talked about, I killed that fucking summer shandy way too quick. 
Uh, oh, shit. I'm on to another like light and friendly summer beer, or allegedly light and friendly summer beer. Uh, Shiner Sea Salt and Lime. Their mm. summer lager. Have you ever had this? I I have not, but let me let me quickly grab a, a Modelo. Okay. Well, while he's grabbing a Modelo, um, I'll tell you about uh, 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 about some of the things that I'm I'm finding during this this time of uh, for me large beer buying uh, buy, buying buying large quantities of beer is I'm not as strict as I once was about keeping track of the beer that I've purchased and making sure that I'm drinking uh, beer in the order of which I bought it. So I'm finding shit in my my beer fridges like, you know, four or five weeks after I bought it and like just a single bottle hanging out back there. And I'm feeling like a real, like, a, I don't know. I, I pride myself on drinking fresh and I find some old shit lying around, or old for me, shit lying around. This is one of them. I mean, I literally bought this like Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I am living the no beer left behind lifestyle. I am leaving no beer left behind uh, because I am not enjoying this beer. <laughs> God, it, you didn't have to announce your departure of the podcast quite so abruptly. What do you mean? <laughs> you said, I'm leaving no beer left behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Uh-huh. I see what you did. Uh, yeah. I see what you did. No, I this this thing sucks. I'm like you know, like the the listeners who've heard, you know listened since day one. First off, tell your therapist we said hey, what's up. Second, like you know that I don't talk, I don't talk ill of most beer because you know somebody else's opinion of the beer might be whatever. The only beers I feel that way about are anything from nine hundred three and Deep Ellum. But this one literally tastes like the pith of the lime. You know that white shit that's just underneath the the peel of uh, citrus, in particular lime in this case. It yeah. tastes so bad. It's just like bitter. It's, there's no other way. There's no redeeming quality other than but, bitter. You know, okay. It's unfortunate because ah. everybody got on top of the dogfish head movement, the sequench ale. Yeah, <laughs> and have you had the black sequench ale? No, but I mean those are those are gozes. Those are gozes. Those are meant to taste that way. They they have a sour, a sour um, like an acidic addition, and then they have sea salt added to it. Yeah, uh, those those play well with each other. That it's a goza. That's what the beer is supposed to taste like. This is so, not. This is a lager. <laughs> yeah, and sequential is really really good. Um, so it's it's unfortunate that they try to copy the or they're bandwagoning the the trend and they're doing I, a bad job honestly i think they went they were trying to go with the cerveza style you know you dress mm-hmm. a, you dress a modello or a corona you salt the or, rim put a lime in it or they had some prickly pear labels laying around Sh- and shot it they were like hey let's just reuse those because that looks exactly like their fucking prickly pear label well, all their labels look the exact same, honestly. I mean, uh, Brian, the only thing that's added in the prickly pear label is a little bit of purple prickly pears. That's it. Yeah, the greens, the greens, like a pinkish green, uh, pinkish purple. Oh, so it's pretty the much the pear. same. Okay, you're making my point for me. No, it's, it's like saying, literally like, the same fucking. Label. All their labels are the same. Is what I'm saying. They just change <laughs> the outside blonde. color. I mean, you don't see a shine or light blonde that way. No, because it's not. But that's a, that's one of their mainstays. This is a rotator mm, series. Mm. I see, I see. What about the Shiner uh, Christmas series? That's not green and slightly pink. No, it's red on the outside. That's true. So, Brian, I'm just saying, they copied their little prickly pear joint, and they were like, oh, yeah, because prickly pear is about to come out. 
I think Prickly Pear came out in the spring. Did it? Yeah, Oktoberfest is technically already out. Oktoberfest launches mid-July. How much of that beer do you think is actually going to get wasted this year? You know what? I don't know because a lot of a lot of the things that you're seeing in the beer world getting poured out now or like sent back now are kegs, obviously. Um, yeah. But so much Oktoberfest is sold in package. Like it's it's mm. stupid how much Oktoberfest, especially like Sam Oktoberfest, Shiner Oktoberfest. Yeah, and I guess the, the Oktoberfest, the brewers in in Germany probably scaled back. Well, they also, I mean, in America. Sad to say, but you don't get a whole lot of draft examples of Oktoberfest beers outside that of specialty, proper, yeah. like specialty craft bars. Um, yeah. I, but dude, this is this is my time to shine. This is Meritson season, baby. Been waiting for this since March. I'm actually shadow boxing right now. Okay. <clears throat> All right. When Brian says it's Meritson season, to everybody else in this world, that season starts about September 15th. Not nah. for Brian. For Brian, July 4th. He's baby. literally like. This shit hit the shelves tomorrow, and he's gonna load up on it. Um, it's yeah, I I'm not. I if if I drink something that malty uh, before, let's say before uh, Labor Day, I I feel off. I nah. feel off because right after that you're into stout season. Uh, so it's uh, like again, stout season never stops. Meritson season would never stop if people would make it year okay, round. No, wait one second. You're saying they never stop. I don't. I don't find myself drinking a stout in July. It's too hot. So yes, it might not ever stop, quote unquote. But the season for me to get reintroduced to stouts is right around October fifteenth ish. Nah. Uh, and and normally my introduction to stout season is a multi Meritson. Um, you know, starting right around September 1st-ish. Uh-uh. Uh, it's like a slow go, you know, to the dark Hell. side. Hell. Uh, and then, then we're heavy into it through December. National Stout, National Stout Day is the first Thursday in uh, in November. Everybody knows that. Yeah, true. exactly. Perfect. So Mirzen season just leads me right into Stout National season. Stout Day. I mean, if you want to be a basic bitch like that, go ahead. I mean, enjoy yourself. Uh, being... Hey, hey, real quick, if you want to be part of the sheeple, you can drink your stouts after Meritson season, which apparently yeah. Meritson season starts mid-September. But I have been awoken to the goodness of good beer. Sorry, that's conspiracy. Meritson season's all season. Cons- conspir- <coughs> conspiracy theorist Brian. Yeah, I, I'm just going to start calling you Dr. Fawcett. Yeah. That's good. I like that because that's where beer comes from. Is the faucet? That's good. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Yeah. So I'm I'm on Modelo. It's a special, awesome beer. And there's literally, I I don't know, cerveza style in a can. Are you I, drinking in a bottle? Yeah. Yeah. In a can. In a can. Um, cerveza style beer. I. There's just something so perfect about it. You know, like it's so it's so light and crispy, yet so beery. I don't know. It's it's it, beautiful. It has, thing. it has all the qualities uh that people love in beer, but it's not to no. an offensive level. And if you drink it in a can, like I enjoy drinking those like Corona and Modelo, they're fantastic in a can. Mm-hmm. They're they're not even light struck. So you can't do skunked. They're not skunked. They're fucking great. And they go with like if you're if you want to pair beer with food, if you have access to a fresh Modelo or a fresh Miller Lite or a fresh saison, 
those are your three that will pair with just about any food that you lay out on the table. Absolutely. But, I mean, outside of dessert, obviously, but yes, entrees. And you know, day. you know, my, my favorite part is it's the, the cereal, like the cornflakes after flavor. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Like I, I really don't know how to even discuss it. It's, it's my favorite. Big fan. Big fan. <clears throat> I get upset with people who decide to talk shit on uh, macro Mexican lagers. I'm like, hey, listen. I've tasted a lot of American craft cerveza style beers, and like 90% of them taste worse than what the people describe Modelo, Corona, and Dos Equis tasting like. You know? Like, oh, cool. I'd rather have a beer that is mass produced than something that's flabby, under fermented, and uh, uncarbonated. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm no, but these, to, 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 to an earlier knowledge statement that Brian made, these are some of the most difficult beers to make. Mm-hmm. So you've got no room to hide any off flavors. No. That's, if it tastes bad, it's bad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so whereas some people go, this IPA tastes bad, it might not be bad. It just might not be your style. Right. If anybody right. picks up a Modelo and they're like, this is bad, and they like beer in general, the Modelo is probably bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know it's it's that that sort of cut and dry with with these lighter beers. So that's why I like Modelo cuz never had a bad Modelo unless I've kept it too long. Yeah. Okay. Um and it's super affordable. Um it's nice sort of lawn mowing beer and now that we can't do uh Founders All Day IPA this is true. It's true. It's you know, true. this this is a great replacement. Yeah, and I used to be a big proponent of uh, Firestone 805, and I bought it. It's I, gotten too sweet. I bought it, yeah. There, there's something going on, uh, to me at least. And it may be my palate's changed because uh, I'm looking for something lighter and crisp. And Firestone Lager, which I used to get 12 packs of that were the same price as 805, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now I can't find lager anywhere around me, really, in 12 packs. I can find it in six packs, but I don't fucking... Dude, no, who wants I don't to have time load to, up on that? I don't have time to fucking waste on six packs. There's a goddamn global pandemic happening right now. I need 12 packs and higher, son. I went and bought a 24 pack of Truly Lemonade. Let me tell you what time of a game changer that shit was. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Truly Lemonade is good. Truly Lemonade, the variety pack in black cans. Let me just tell you. Mm hmm. I, if, oh, fuck. I, it tastes like it tastes like they added sugar, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't add shit to it, and it's mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. Uh, that was that was one of those I found two two truly lemonades hanging out in the back of my refrigerator. I don't know how long they've been there. Didn't matter. They were fucking great when I found them. But it was literally like Christmas. I was like, holy shit, these are here. Just move all the other stuff that I had bought out of the way and like reach my arm all the way back to the fridge and try to get it without knocking over 18 deals of condiments and mm-hmm. dressings and shit for my daughter. I'm like, nah, yeah, truly. My wife is like, what the hell? Why are you so happy? I was like, found two truly lemonades. And then I just killed them right in front of her, both of them, just drink one of them. I was like, I guess I'll sip on this one and then finished mm-hmm. it. I was like, ah, damn it. I guess, I guess I'm going to bed now because tomorrow I can order more truly. <laughs> Uh, all right brian so let's introduce this segment it's a new segment on the no beer left behind podcast oh shit it's a segment that has been done uh on a local radio station in minnesota it's called the initials game we'll make a little intro for it here 
mm-hmm. um, at some point. And we will from now on only play it when we have multiple members on the podcast. But it was planned to be introduced tonight, and some people backed out. So we're going to introduce it anyways, because uh, we do have the Quizmaster aficionado Brian in our presence. I try. Um, I try. And essentially the way this game works is I will announce the initials for the round. I'll go through the clues. There are 12 questions. We'll only go through about three or four of them. Um, Brian will have to guess what the initials uh, to the word, uh, not what the initials are, but what the word is or the phrase is. Based on the initials um, that you give me? Based on the initials that I gave him, right? So BK could be Burger King, um, et cetera, right? So um, it could, it's the answer to a question and you know, the initials are the answer. So uh, with that being said, like I said, this is a, um, a game that is on a local radio station in Minnesota. It has now made it uh, to a box set. So I don't believe you can purchase the box set anymore. Um, but the next time it comes up for sale, or if I find out where it does get sold, um, I will let you all know. I, I love the game when they play it on uh, the radio. So uh, I, I bought the, the Kickstarter campaign and, you know, at the moment, it's just a Kickstarter campaign, but I'm sure it'll take off in stores and you can buy it here pretty soon. So, all right. The initials for uh, this round or for today is JB. 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 All right. Okay. Let's do this. Appeared in 2016's Zoolander 2. Jack Black. Okay. So you only get one guess. Oh. Okay? Oh. Yeah. Oh. You see, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just, Otherwise, I just... you're out for the rest of the round. So we'll, uh, we'll keep going. I'll, I'll, and, I'll, I'll... and there are six clues to each card. Uh, okay. And, right. and every clue gets easier. Okay. okay. All right. So. Okay. So normally, if you guess on the first one. Uh-huh. I know what really it is. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Okay. Yeah. Jack Black, you know, it's you you took there's a guy on the on the radio his name his name is Hockey, Chris Hockey. He literally buzzes before the questions done. Oh, he, he just, does a, he pulls a frank. He answers with the JB. Like he's just like boom. <laughs> so he pulls a frank playing yeah, he playing does, Jeopardy exactly. with family members. So him and I have a lot in yeah, common. Uh-huh. Um all right, so connected to Kate McKinnon, Miley Cyrus and Jimmy Fallon. All right. Nope. Hint number three was part of a sensation that translates to slowly. What? Part of a sensation that translates to slowly was part of a translate a sensation that translates to slowly. I so another language meaning uh. slowly. I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to guess because I've already been chastised for just throwing out what I thought was the right answer. Okay. If you, if you think you know, then just keep it in your head. I'm Maybe this it. next one will jog it. Okay. okay. Now, just for the v- listeners out there, when we play this with multiple people, the way that we buzz in is through your name. Okay. Okay. So, so do I need to say my name? Brian will let... say Brian. No, he do, you don't need to now. Oh, okay. But I'm okay. saying okay. like if in it's Parker future. Brian, you know, we'll in have the, to okay. say our name. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, became the second person to reach 100 million Twitter followers. Is it Justin Bieber? There it is. Okay. All right. All right. See? Okay. All right. Just to be clear, Jack Black also has the initials <laughs> JB for those of you listening at home. Yeah, yeah. In so, case you didn't know how to spell Jack know, or Black. Yeah. <laughs> so... Wasn't completely out there, you know. That's right. Uh-huh. 
Um, not a complete okay. moron. <laughs> second, second clue. Oh shit! Yeah, good. Still under the initials uh, second, JB, right? Second clue. Yeah, the initials do not change. Okay. Second clue. Um, or second round. Right. Included in the red flower. Uh, that was that was it, huh? That was yep. just that was j- included in the red flower. Yep. Okay. Connected to Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray. I'm looking around okay. to see if anybody's got me hints. I'm the only one in the room. Buzzy, Flaps, Ziggy, and Dizzy were a parody of the Beatles. So, okay, from the top, part of the red flower, something about Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray, mm-hmm. and then... Some shit about the Beatles. Buzzy, Buzzy, Flaps, Ziggy, and Dizzy. You'll know this as soon as you find... uh, You might actually get it. I mean, you're going to get it here pretty soon. Uh, Included a boy in a basket. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to get it. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I could could promise you Mrs. Bryan would have gotten this. Oh, well, Mrs. Bryan would have punched me in the face the first clue. The Beatles Beatles one gives it away if you've seen the movie, okay? Clearly, haven't I? Um, Included the bare necessities. Oh, the Jungle Book. There you go. Okay. What the fuck was the red flower? What the hell was that? It's it's the very first scene in the in the Jungle Book. Mm. 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 Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, Mrs. Bryan would have gotten that a long time ago, probably. All right. Last one. Okay. Has rumored connections to Slimer from Ghostbusters. Uh-oh. Spent time in Joalette Correctional Center. You're gonna get close here pretty soon. I know. I know you're thinking. I know you're thinking the correct answer. I promise you. Okay. His his death was caused by a speedball. Oh, J- uh, John Belushi. There you go. I I honestly, you said at rumored connections to Slimer. I was gonna say Juice Box because you remember oh, God. they had that fucking Slimer Juice Box. That shit was so good. <laughs> yeah, oh man, it was high C. High C Juice Box. Oh, Goddamn. That shit was delicious. All right, so that's that's the initials game. Okay, that shit's fun. I like that. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have several rounds of that live on No Beer Left Behind. Um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, we'll probably be able to shuffle the cards around. It's John, it's I'm not. Gonna t- I'm going to tell you, you play it late enough in a in an episode, you could fucking play it the next time, and no one's going to get, no one's going to remember no that one's shit. Get it exactly, and it'll be even funnier because the audience knows it, and they're like, "Oh, god damn it." Brian got it last time, and I'm sitting over here. Mm-hmm. Jack Black. God damn it. So, so uh, yeah, just big credit, dude. It's that That is a very, very novel concept for a really awesome trivia game. Yeah. And even though the, the guys at KFN did not invent it, they stole it from somewhere in Kansas City. They brought it national. Um, so good on them. It's it's actually a lot of fun to play, and I, tomorrow's the initials game day. It's always on a Friday. No, uh, and if you listen to it live on the radio, so Brian did really fucking well. Um, thank you. Thank it you, is thank really you, thank difficult you. to listen to those clues and keep your mind straight on the initials. Yeah. Like the clues give hints at a lot of answers, 
And then you have to keep the initials in mind and get the answer. I, I've only honestly live on the radio when they're doing it. I've only gotten two answers and I've listened to probably 40 initials games front wow. to back. Wow. Um, so people get really good at it by playing one on one instead of, you know, like with 70 people. But. Yeah. I can see how that would be really goddamn fun, though, because you have some people like Mrs. Brian's mind works in like she'll there will be something and she just works in a linear path. It's process through, of elimination through to the it. end of whatever yeah. whatever thread that has been started. And it's really interesting because I am similar, but I will find the like neediest, grittiest detail for whatever subject I'm learning about. Like last night I went through and learned about uh, cigar shapes, <sighs> both Cuban definitions and the rest of the world definitions. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, Frank. I haven't felt this nerdy since I got into malting and lava bond levels uh, as a as a home brewer. And uh, what 40L is different and how, how, how different it is from 60L and how 120L is basically just, <laughs> it's, it's garbage town. You know what I mean? You only want to I use mean, quarter ounce, so, you know, quarter pounds of that shit. So uh, it's funny because cigars are, they are just as nerdy. It's, it's like scotch cigars, beer, wine, all have this supremely nerdy artisan component to them. Yep. Um, but you, you can, if you get good at cigar tasting, you can taste significant differences, oh, yeah. right? Like it's, it's not, wild. and it's not, it's not about smoking 70 cigars. It's about actually tasting what you're smoking. Yeah. Um, it does take a couple, but, and you don't need to smoke that often even. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it becomes pretty obvious when you're smoking something that's like super Maduro, like heavy cigar versus, you know, like a, a lighter style or, um, to your point, I had no idea this was called, um, uh, what's it, Yergo? What? Oh, Lijero? Uh, Lijero, that's right. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that's what that was called, but when you when you smoke a Lijero cigar, it is so obviously supreme. Yep. Um, that it's like, okay, where has this been? Yeah, you know, that's exactly <laughs> right. I, that was the one that set me off down the fucking rabbit hole, man, because I was like, why is this so goddamn good? And you realize, like, it is the premium part of the tobacco leaf. And if you smoke a double Ajero, it's the filler, binder, and wrapper typically are all from that part of the plant. And you're just like, this is fucking magical. No wonder this shit was, like, $15 a stick. It is well worth it. And and just, just okay, so we can also back up just a little bit. If you get a Lierjo that's hand-rolled, it is cheaper. Um, the $15 a stick is, is very much dependent on brand, but when you oh, go to a oh, country, no, I was, you're, you're talking about going to the country yeah. where the hand rolling happens. Yeah. No, yes. cause you just said hand rolls like, well, all these are hand roll and they're still fucking expensive, but yes, no, you're no, correct. I'm not talking about that. I'm when you're, not talking when about that. you're on, when you're on continent where you're, 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 you're just, you're enjoying the continental hand roll. Yeah. Do, do, do not, do not buy the pre-rolled sticks on, on site. Like, you're, you're that it was, it was more of an advice than anything because, yes, in America, whatever, Australia, South Africa, Europe, you're not going to get that, right? You're going to have to buy the stick that's pre rolled and um, uh, has been in a humidor, everything. I get that, not a problem. Then it's 15 bucks a stick. 
But if you're traveling to the Caribbean um, or South America, do remember that this exists. And also do remember that you're going to pay versus like two bucks a stick. You might pay seven. Right. And you should pay seven. Uh, it is a world of difference in the cigar world. It's not even like it's that two dollar stick is going to be good. No doubt. Uh, but the seven dollar stick will change your mind on cigar smoking forever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you can't afford the 15 bucks a stick in the States, try to find something, you know, high quality. You're not going to probably do double the air hoe, but at least like, you know, find either the wrapper um, filler is probably always going to be 15 bucks a stick because it's so much tobacco. But um, you can you can get some Lierho wrappers that are not well, going to push that price. Yeah, well, I was going to say, usually those are the, the, the I mean, binder and wrapper is the Lierho part that they're talking about. And it's usually or uh, binder and filler. And then the wrapper is usually done something else. Um, it's the double Lierho that are the really that's the wrapper over the top. Over the top. Yeah, and because the. Wrapper is usually made from more sturdy leaf. Um, yeah, yeah. So it can take up uh, some of the some of the banging around that it, get, it gets done in shipping and then curing and everything. Uh, but that shit, uh, you you brought up the fact that there are not many hand rolled places in America. I think there's like five hand rolled cigar shops in in North America or in the United States at the moment, which is not. I mean, not that many. I mean, there's a couple big ones, but there's not a whole. Frank is joining twice. I don't know what the hell is happening. Oh, he's okay. Um, anyway, uh, one of them being out of Tulsa, the Ultimo cigar place uh, that I uh, mm-hmm. hollered at the other day. Uh, they do Ellie Harrow. Uh, they're in shop. I'm very excited. So I, 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 I remended, I recommended them to the, uh, the cigar vault mm-hmm. and uh, Brian over there promised me he would reach out to them and get some samples. So, those guys, I mean, just just following them on social media, and I'm, again, I've yet to place the order, but um, they 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 seem to be doing the right shit, you know, like as far as like uh, yeah. managing businesses go. There's actually another place uh, down in Austin that I found last night. Uh, they are technically they're based out of Nicaragua. Um, but well, their their tobacco comes from there. Yeah. Their tobacco, yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say that's where the and they're imported through Austin. Uh, it's Roma Craft Tobacco. Hmm. And they don't they don't sell they don't have like a, a a smoke shop or anything that they sell out of. They sell directly to consumers from from their place. They have like three brands at the moment or four. I don't know three, four, five brands. Anyway, one of the places you can find them is JRCigar.com. Uh, those guys are pretty dope. Uh, just listening to them talk, they're one of those people that are like us and um, the people at the Whiskey Vault of like, hey, drink what you drink. That's the best thing to be, you know, whatever. The best beer to drink is the beer you're drinking and the way you want to drink it. Same way with whiskey. Their, their, ta- their take on cigars, the same thing. Like, That's awesome. So you're right now, for the people at home, Frank is showing me some ASIC shoes that he has. Looks like he's got stashed in his garage that well i just i just bought them i just took the pictures are they did you know that they're mismatched yes okay these are the sean wotherspoon asic gel light twos and uh or some, gel light 90s for some people someone's shitting their pants um, right now listening uh, these are i mean sean wotherspoon is yeah big time shoe designer okay. and 
Got my hand hands on these, Brian. Very proud of them. Uh huh. I'm and, I'm happy uh, for you that you sound ecstatic that you've got those. Very shoes. Very much so. These are fucking awesome. I got them <laughs> and I got them for 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 retail too. Oh shit. Uh-huh. No secondary market on for this guy. No. Well, take take a guess. Okay, sixty bucks retail. What are they second? Two ten. Five fifty. Shut the fuck up. Those They're shoes. Serious. Just so we're clear. Goddamn. Okay. <laughs> this is where you do lose me uh, when it comes to the <laughs> shoe thing, because ladies and gentlemen at home who have no idea what the fuck he was talking about, like I did, I'm just going to describe what he did. He has two different shoes. They're they're this in the same box, but they're and they they had the same design, but the designs are different fucking colors from left and right, and um, apparently those are those are five hundred dollars shoes. That's uh, incredible, Frank. You've you've struck a gold. These mine. are corduroy too, <laughs> and. The uh, Asics label is replaceable. I've got a whole pack of labels in there that I could put in different colors. Of course you do. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, and they still, the rest of the shoes, the, but they still don't match at all, left or right. Those no, they don't. they don't. They literally look like there's two different, two different shoes are, got thrown in they boxes. They are two different shoes. But yeah, from now on, we're just going to call them the Whoa These. Whoa These are $500? <laughs> Oh, but they're really 60. (laughs) You just needed to to know when they came out. And then apparently no one did. And they, they, they sat for a little bit. You could get them for like an hour. It was crazy. A whole hour. Jesus Christ. Shit was funny. Well, I mean, compared to the, the space hippies released today, let me show you this shit. Uh, this literally the, the, the name actually describes the shoe pretty fucking well. I, These came out today, sold out in, I try to get them. I want to say sold out maybe 90 seconds. Uh, it couldn't have been more than 90 seconds. Uh, couldn't have been more. God. God damn it. Let me show you. <laughs> and now these are worth like 450 That's what they look like. You got to be fucking kidding me. That's serious. It's all recycled materials. No shit recycled material. It looks like they're yes. still being recycled as they, <laughs> they were bottled. built. Look at the heat check. Look at the heat check on these. 4.38 out of 5 on the heat check. Is heat check like? That means they're going to sell out quick. That Liddy, those shoes are fucking dope, I guess. That's right. They look like they have Formica countertops for soles. Uh, it looks like a fucking Livestrong wristband is over the tongue keeping that together and then someone strung dental floss in and out of a fucking science experiment and then they're like we should make them high tops right and they're like fuck who cares whatever and then that was it (laughs) am I wrong I want to show you one more (laughs) that's a great description look at these these are called the Mars Yard probably the most sought after sneaker you can could possibly have gotten your hands on. Well, okay. Yeah, it's Nike bringing back Tom Socks, Mars Yards. Well, okay. So that shoe uh-huh. was an inspiration to this shoe. Okay. 
Because in the fact Tom that they, Sachs. in the fact that they both look like shoes, kind of. No, 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 no. I'll show you. There was an in between. Oh. The overshoe to the Mars yard. Uh. <laughs> now you see it, right? Look at this overshoe. This thing, I could have gotten this. I just had no fucking use for it. No one does. This thing was 160 retail. Look at how much people are willing to fucking buy it for. $580, dude. For the listeners (laughs) who are driving or don't care to look this shit up, I don't blame you. One. Two. Uh, Let me describe this shoe. This shoe that is the predecessor to the fucking Formica countertop um, science experiment bag. This one is actually... I'm sorry. Science experiment. This one's actually... It's like they took... um, What's the fucking uh, uh, Tyvek suits? The hazmat suits? Oh, the hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hazmat suit attached to a gummy purple sole with some fucking ratchet straps tying it down and like a, uh-huh. a zipper pull tie situation to cinch up the, what is the opposite of a bell bottom, a bell top, uh, high top shoe is basically what we've got going on here. This thing looks like a fucking, if it had thank you written a bunch of times on the side, like diagonally, I would actually see how this could be considered more artful than this currently is because then you it would take it to the farmer's market. Well, no, then it would look like that sick ass, like bodega style, like thank you bag included in the shoe situation. But no, it looks like you just got a goddamn trash bag attached to your purple soles. Yeah, it's an overshoe. So it's meant to uh do, wait, do you put protect your, sh- your Mars yards? So oh, okay, hold on, hold on. So wait, do you do you wear the Mars yards and then put that shoe over the Mars yards? Brian, apparently you can wear the Mars yards and still command $4,050 for them. (laughs) Look at this shit. This is a pre-worn, a pre-worn Mars yard. Look at this, the bottoms, they're like fucking worn, okay? And this motherfucker is selling them for four grand. Oh, Jesus. And it's still $20 shipping. Jesus Christ. Uh, And this is not, this is not a surprise. Most of these Mars yard 2.0 shoes are... No, okay, I can't they sell I, for a shit ton. I can't let this go, and I, this is me being fuck this. Jesus Christ! So, this shoe, the Mars Yard that you're that you're you've got on the screen now, that looks like a suede, fucking. No, Nike. that's that's actually real. It's New Buck leather. Okay, cool. It's it's a fucking Nike shoe with leather and red shit on. Uh-huh. It. Uh huh. So you're supposed to wear that inside the other space shoe that we saw. Y- y- you can. You said overshoe. I'm trying to understand the the concept. Yeah, if of, it's if it's raining, you can throw on your overshoe. So, or, or you can wear your Mars Yard 1.0, which is worth about two grand more than the 2.0, and protect that as well. I'm silent because I'm trying to work through how to properly say this, but there's an easier solution to all those and just not wear this fucking shoe uh, uh-huh. and buy something that you could is practical. That's all I'm going to say. That would be like, and you know what? I understand this. Like I understand the concepts of some of these, of this, of this world that you're, that you're dabbling in here, Frank. Like, yeah, sure. Supercars are great, but you can't like drive some supercars when it's raining because it's fucking dangerous and you don't want to like chance ruining a super expensive car. Yeah. <clears throat> However, those now here's the next question. Would you pay 600 bucks for that shoe? 
scroll back up. I got. I have a bunch of problems with this situation that you're showing me. One, the name of the shoe is Nike Air Fear of God One Orange Pulse, which okay. that's there's a lot going on with a name to begin with. Okay, uh, well let's just first off discuss Fear of God is like uh, Yeezy. It's 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 a brand name. Okay. So don't, don't worry. It's a collaboration between Nike and Fear of God. Between Fear and God. They they collaborated on this <laughs> one. They struck down this almighty. First Check off, why is out. it flat? It's completely flat on the bottom. Like you're some sort of, I don't know, animal Sasquatch type scenario situation here. There's a gel insert toward the heel kind of for no fucking reason, it looks like. This um, is supposed to be a real basketball shoe, Brian. I mean, any shoe is a real basketball shoe if you wear it while you're playing basketball, right? It's true. I, I mean, by definition, <coughs> this... Oh, my God, there are others. Holy shit, they have different there are. colors. Wait, wait for it, wait for it. You haven't even seen the best one. This one was only released in Chicago during the... Uh, Please, pronounce it correctly. Chicago. During the uh, uh, All-Star Game. This is an $1,800 shoe as of last sale. Well, I don't know why. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a mix between Dijon and yellow mustard uh, colors. The laces are it's, haphazardly. It's, it's, more, it's, more, it's, more, it's more French's than it is Dijon. Well, the, I mean, so I'm talking about the, 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 ba- the, darker, the, the darker gold. Yeah, you're talking about the plastic. Yeah, the plastic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Though you mean where the laces go through haphazardly mixed throughout yeah. the, across the shoe. How... I mean, the back. Okay, look at the back part for me. You scroll back up and uh, focus in on that back. Is that That's a seam? A it's, oh, there's That's a zipper a, on there because it's a zipper. Because the fucking laces don't really keep your foot in the shoe. That has to ha- also have a zipper. Correct. That makes sense. That from a design standpoint, that makes sense to right. keep the shoe on the individual. When are they just going to start correct. showing uh, sewing shoes onto people's feet? And they were like, "Yeah, this is nice." The blood really <laughs> helps the leather harden, uh, and it's sick. I mean, I yeah, I got to wear them for a couple months while but the you know, stitches heal. Okay, it's it's funny because the reactions that you have are the same reactions that I have, but in the end, people buy them, so I buy them and then I sell them. Huh. So I understand. It's I think it's fucking hilarious. Like ninety nine percent. So I'll show you. These are the shoes that I own that are worth something that I actually wear. Okay. Um, and I, I think you'll, you know, like, think they're actually, this is like a normal shoe. Right. right? I, I, okay. I feel like I've seen you wear this or something yeah. similar to it. This, this shoe is now worth 500 bucks. Okay. okay. I don't, don't know why it is, but I wear this shoe. I like this shoe. Um, so, you yeah, want, it's not always. You want, you want to tell like, the people what, what it is? Oh, yeah, it's the Nike Jordan Rookie of the Year. It's his first color combo in the Jordan 1. It's it's straight up New Buck leather brown uh, accented with, you know, the white on the toe box. Um, got the white around the Nike symbol. Heel sides got more of that brown New Buck. And then there's a, kind of the black accents for the Nike um, Nike symbol and then the, uh, <clears throat> the plush around your ankles. Um, white sole. Or white mid and black sole. Um, nice shoe. Yeah, you described totally it, practical. You described it like a like a like a person who knows what the fuck they're talking about. 
I would have said it looks like a higher top version of some Nikes with, yeah. a, with a tongue. Yeah. And there's some brown brown bits and uh, some white backgrounds and then, then the black Nike swish and top part. I feel like my description is just the same. It's it's identical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a nice looking Irrespective. shoe. It's a nice looking shoe. And like that is a shoe that looks, one, looks like a shoe. It's got laces in parts where shoelaces go. Um, and it's got like discernible parts to it. Whereas the shit you showed me earlier, all due respect, uh, looked like it was just stitched together by a blind person. And uh, like, I don't know. No, that's even, you know what? That's giving, that's discrediting blind people and their shoemaking abilities. This is done by someone who was on drugs. It was just like mushrooms, maybe mescaline. And they were making a shoe with color designs. And they're like, yeah, this, this looks good. Could very well be. So I'm going to show you the shoe that's coming out this weekend. Did, did they get this shoe design from a fucking fish? <laughs> it's like it, a catfish mouth. It's it, oh oh I didn't even see that. Yeah no that too. No I'm saying like the side the bottom the bottom literally looks like you filleted the fish open some sort of white fish. And All right the, so let me just quickly before you go too deep into it this is the Yeezy Zion. If you know anything about Yeezys they all look the exact same and uh, different colorways but you know I do, guess the colorway is the name. I am trying to get these because they're mm. retailing for two ten and they sell for three fifty. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah, if I get a pair or two of these, I'll sell them. I, I don't wear Yeezys; they're way too wide for my feet. They make my feet look like fucking boats. Frodo. Yeah. Question. <clears throat> now, again, I don't know a whole lot about shoes. I'm just going off of what you're showing me here. What cult? Um, picks up the issue because I feel like there's some like uh, a, a bunch of people who are following a leader with this style of shoe on. I'm not even kidding. Like this is. I, I think it's. I think it's the cult of Yeezy. Cult honestly. of Yeezy. Huh. Never heard of it. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to cause a ruckus soon. I, it is. There's. I mean, you know, uh, it's 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 one of those things where, um, if you keep your kind of ear to the to the pavement you'll figure out what people are buying i don't understand why people buy yeezys literally i've never thought of wearing these but mm. there's money in them mm. so i buy them look they they retail for 220 and currently people are willing to bid 350 on them so keep I, keep your screen in mind i'm going to go ahead and show something here i just um i want to make sure that you see this i think i found the design for the newest Yeezy. I think you're right. It's just a fish's lateral line and there's a fucking mm -hmm. mouth. That's really, that's all that matters. That's it just, is. Uh, that shoe sucks. So if, if you see people wearing Yeezys in general, that's, they all have all those people. They're called hype beasts. Uh, I've, I've heard hype beast has a term in the uh, beer world. Um, yeah. It's uh it's a problem. So <laughs> there are, I could have literally, and I, I wish I would have the rookie of the year Jordans. I almost bought like five pairs of those cause they were selling for under retail. And I knew these were fucking amazing shoes. I really liked them. Um, and I just, I never pulled the trigger. Um, and for a while they were selling under retail mm. and now apparently people discovered them and 
like them a lot and that's cool i mean i like my pair um but you know it's kind of shoes are funny they, Sh- they go in and out of style and s- some never do like jordan ones have never gotten cheaper yeah um yeezys for whatever reason have never gotten cheaper but you know people are fucking funny i don't know i'm a i'm a nike blazer jordan one stan air Ma- air max 90 stan yeah mm. those are my three three styles they fit my feet yeah they don't make them yeah. look like clogs mm. um <clears throat> i like a good the ace the asics that i have now i i bought them because i'm a hype beast in that department oh are you yeah i gotta I, I do have something i we need to not ever call you that ever again because that's not a that's not a no look that we want it's to. if you're buying sean Wotherspoon shoes it's 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 like it's like buying kbs from founders you Ooh. know God, like, wait, what did but, Sean Worthers do? I'm not, I'm not consistently doing it. Okay. okay. So this is my one hype beast purchase. Well, you know what? Okay. I'll give you that because I'll, I'll make a confession. Okay. Actually, this is, it's two parter. I accidentally bought a Gurkha cigar. <gasps> uh huh. So in my last big cigar purchase, I, uh, I bought a, what uh, Cigars International calls their top shelf sampler and humidor set. So You're not going to find a top shelf not coming with the Gurkha. That's, known. that's what's unfortunate, right? So for those of you who don't know, Kay and Sosha, the owner of Gurkha, is a piece of shit. I'll just leave it at that. Go fucking look up, look up him uh, on your own time. Just take it from us that just don't put Gurkha in the same line as Founders and move on. Nobody, and Goya. And Goya. <laughs> Goya, fucking Goya. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I accidentally bought a Gurkha. However, it was a it was a really fucking high end Gurkha that came in the sampler pack, and it pissed me off even more that it was really highly rated. Anyway, uh, uh, I also found in that Dominican sampler pack that I bought of fucking forty cigars. Which word of the wise, if you're getting into cigars, don't ever buy fucking forty cigars at a time. That is just way too goddamn many cigars. You don't need that many. You can't even give 40 cigars away, especially when they're trash like this. Um, but in that trash heap, there were a few like eh, somewhat decent cigars. Uh, one of them being the Sherpa cigar from a few years ago by K. Hansosha. And I was like, God damn it. Now my humidor's got two shithead brands of cigar in them. Like, I, this is not a good break in. But I did find one thing when I was transitioning over for my travel humidor that I've had running since college. Um, I think if this cigar is what I think it is, Frank, I want you to take a look at it. Is is this cigar what I think yeah, it is? Yeah, that's ours. Yeah. Found that bad boy, nursing it back to health thanks to Bovida. And so let's let's quickly just discuss. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's a Frank wedding cigar. And to this day... For me, at least, because that's my style and that's what I requested for my wedding. I have not smoked a more perfect Frank style cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like I I don't know I don't know anything about it. I just I know that it's like a Connecticut wrapper. Yep. It is and filler and filler. And filler. Okay, yep. so it's a pure Connecticut, and I don't know where it's from, but it is really really good. And I'll be honest, I haven't smoked one like that since. That was from, I believe you had a box like on your like second anniversary or something like that because it was before, I think it was right before you moved in the house or right after you moved into your house. 
I am I am I am actively trying to procure another box um, through my mother-in-law. Yeah. And fingers crossed, I will be able to send a couple out to you because it's it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like this perfect, even like you could have had barbecue and feel full and smoke the cigar, yeah. and that's not normal. Like it's it's a perfect accoutrement to any sort of nice evening. It's it's really it's really good. I, I have no idea who makes them either. I just asked my mother-in-law like, hey. Can I buy another box? Can you remember who we got this from? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to him and see. And yeah. So I think there's there's a marking on the wrapper. Um, okay. Can you grab that for me? Just yeah, in case I'll, 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 need it. I'll send it to you. I think I know who makes it. It is a label from a larger brand, but uh, it's like their <clears> hand rolled <throat> continental brand. Cause, it's not Davidoff, is it? No, it is not. Um, okay, good. But I'm not saying it because I'm not sure if it's right, and I'll do some further research on it. But I was looking that up last night while I was smoking. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I was pretty, pretty, pretty pumped that I found that. I found another like uh, aged cigar that I'd found. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm I'm pumped. I um I, I joined that Pravada Cigar Club. Mm-hmm. So Pravada does like boutique cigars. They just send out three sticks a month for like it, it comes out to thirty bucks. So you're paying ten dollars a stick, and you're getting your money like, more than your money's worth. Oh, real quick, that 10 cigar sampler pack in Humidor that I bought from Cigars International, I priced out each one of those cigars individually, and I put it on a spreadsheet with tasting notes and everything because I'm that much of a fucking nerd. Um, but I did all the pricing on it. I paid $70 for the Humidor and the cigars, and the cigars were worth $80 by themselves, and the Humidor was $40. So basically, I got $10, come out ahead. $10 <coughs> off the cigars and a free Humidor. Anyway, all that to say, uh, the Pravada uh, boutique um, setup, the shit is fucking dope. <laughs> like I'm thinking about yeah. joining and doing the, uh, like they have a farm grown section, which every month Ooh. they pick four hand rolled cigars from uh, one estate. And it is four different types, uh, sizes and fillers and everything. Um, unbanded, but they do a full write up on each one of the cigars. And it's like 20 bucks added on to your normal Oof. normal deal. Shipping's included on every. I was like, it's a good deal. Yeah, yeah I think I think it, may, I mean, it's, it comes out to seven cigars for 50 bucks, which, I mean, for some people, if you're just getting into the, the hobby, you're like, eh, it's a little, little steep. That's fine. Uh, for me, like, that may be, like, it's a good way for me to build up a, a nice stash for yeah. some special occasions and shit. Um, you know, so, so here's what I'd recommend, Brian. If you have the option... And I know this sounds <clears throat> to you. It's not going to sound wild to our uh, listeners. It might try to get a green leaf cigar. What do you mean? It is, is that a the, brand or the style? No, no, no. A style. Yeah. Uh, it is the wildest fucking experience. It's like, it's like smoking a cigarette, but it's not like it's, it's, it's the weirdest fucking thing. So yeah. So they're called Claros or Candela cigars. Um, it's a style of curing the wrapper. Um, and I learned a little more about that while smoking earlier in the week. So Claro or Candela wrapper cigars were the most widely sold cigar in America in the early 1900s. Um, a lot of machine rollers would use them, uh, and machine, machine rolled cigars are really popular in Europe because they smoke a lot more cigars than we do in America. So they can buy it's it for pro- cheaper. It's probably just because it doesn't break as easily. Well, yeah, uh, they're also using bits of tobacco, whereas hand rolled hand rolled cigars are full like long long leaf tobacco that's then cut and pressed. 
Um, but Candela or Claro, like you're describing the green leaf wrappers, mm-hmm. were extremely popular because they can be cured. They were cured faster back in the day, and they also came from a tobacco plant that grew readily and uh, were, was really popular. But I agree. I fucking love those cigars. Arturo Fuente makes a good Candela. Uh, La Flor Dominicana makes a good Claro, mm-hmm. is what they classify theirs. They even have a double Claro, which means that it is green wrapper and green filler. Um, but La Florida Minicana doesn't make, I haven't found a bad cigar that they make. Uh, and that candela, that candela <coughs> is fucking fire. It is a mind trip though. And I, I'm, I'm sorry I cut you off and, and went down that rabbit hole, but it's a mind trip when you're smoking something that looks so different from a regular cigar. Yeah. It's uh, honestly like, uh, if, if you're a big fan, not a big fan, I mean, Brian and I, we smoke cigars. Brian's into a kick at the moment, but at most, I'd say over the last 15 years, we might have smoked. <clears throat> smoked. Um, we might have smoked like a cigar every three months. Like this isn't something that we, we don't roll through cases of cigars in fucking, you know, two weeks, three weeks. No. Some people do. Um, I know Noir, at Noir on, on Twitter, that man smokes three cigars a day. Yeah. Um, I, I could never do that. But in any ways, like, teach their own um dude i um i went through and found some photos of uh, our college years and i'll fucking leave it open-ended like that but one of the things that i found on on my old camera uh like uh, folders uh do you remember okay so frank brought up a cigar kick right now my first cigar kick was my fucking sophomore year of college and I was having cigars sent to my dorm room. <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 not like little boxes. Either. No, it was like full on, like again, like every month going through no, like but 10, it, it, 15 hold cigars. On, wait, but back then cigars were cheaper. They were, they, they were, they, they were, were significantly more accessible. cheaper. Like you could get good Gurkha cigars for nine bucks. Like yeah. it wasn't, it was not cigars international has, probably gone up in price about 50% since 2010. And this it's was every, everything that's good is more expensive now. And this was <laughs> 2006 that I was doing yeah. this. So it was a very different time, but yeah, I've, I, I correct right now. I am on a bit of a kick. I'm also trying to, uh, I don't know. It's relaxing to me to get out of my house and just go enjoy a smoke for an hour or so. Uh, so yeah, no, I, and when it comes down to it, like if I, if I spend $50, $60 on some cigars rather than spending $120 on bourbon or scotch, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Save money and, uh, get some enjoyment out of this. And, um, I don't know, to me, it's fun. Um, having Frank to discuss back and forth, uh, the different flavors that we pick up in cigars is fun to me. Um, actually, <laughs> I, I thought that one of my neighbors was into cigars just based on like going out in the backyard and smelling smoke. I'm like, I think that's pretty sure it's cigar smoke. It's not the normal, normal smoke that I smell throughout the day, which is just dank, stanky ass weed, um, from my other neighbors. And I was like, oh, I think he's into cigars. And then uh, over 4th of July, like I'm sitting out in the front yard watching the sky light on fire. And uh, I decided to light up a Rocky Patel, Connecticut. And he comes over and he's like, you smoke a cigar? And we had a whole conversation and shit so uh yeah and then i told him about the podcast because you know that's what i do i try to tell people about podcasts that we listen to hint hint people tell your friends about no beer left behind 
Tell them uh, to go uh, subscribe over on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, podcast material. I'm looking at you, Oklahoma friends. You telling your friends about us? Should be. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so I'm excited uh, to get back into a hobby that I that I, I, I was really, really big into. Admittedly, before I was drinking alcohol, I was smoking cigars because I was Mr. Legal by the books. I wasn't 21 yet, so I wasn't going to buy alcohol, but I was 18, so I could buy tobacco and smoke cigars. So I did. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to get back into it. I uh, nerd out on that shit just like I do with just about any other hobby that I join and, and get into. So uh, if you like cigars and uh, you want some suggestions, just like if you want beer suggestions or whiskey suggestions, be sure to hit us up over on uh, social media. Like I said, you can send me a, a, a direct message or just comment on a post and ask. Uh, at no beer left cast on Twitter and Instagram and at NBLB beer on Twitter as well. You can hit us up over there. Uh, I lo- I love giving recommendations and I don't know, Frank, if you do the same thing when you're out mm-hmm. and about or with friends, I've, I love giving recommendations for beer, like, and getting to know what other people drink. Cause to me it's helpful. Like I, I talk about stuff like, especially on a podcast like this, I talk about the stuff that I'm drinking, but if someone can turn me on to a style that I'm not familiar with or a style that I haven't tried in a long time or a brand that someone's like, Hey, no, they're doing a really great job. I don't give a shit. I'll go out and give it a shot. If I can, if I can get my hands on it. And when I say get my hands on yeah, it, but it's, it's, it's stuff that you know, right? Like it's yeah. not like, <clears throat> yeah, don't tell me, think don't tell me your favorite fucking gin. I don't know shit about gin. You can tell me it's the best in the world. I'd be like, I guess no, I'm going to be honest. I, I mean, I guess from the opposite side to me, right? Like oh. if, if it's stuff that you know, like I know Brian knows beer and he knows cigars. Um, but if Brian all of a sudden out of left field came recommending a gin, I'd be like, well, okay, Brian. Um, yeah. But maybe, maybe that's more intriguing because I don't know him as no, like liking gin, you know, yeah. like, to me, I just think it's interesting. I, I take all recommendations at face value until I try it. Um, but for instance, like the other day, Brian was asking me, they'd never bought a ton of Spanish red wines. And I was like, well, Spanish reds, you really don't need to go more expensive than this brand. Yeah. Um, and buy the Crianza because Crianza is like just a level above the table wine. Um, and what was that? Like 10 bucks, nine bucks. No, the, the Kune or Kuhn, whatever. I don't, it was a Kune. Is that how it's pronounced? Mm-hmm. Um, it was like 16, but 16 it's still bucks. not, crazy. but that was a Crianza though, right? Yeah. That was, was a not, really, that was the yeah. highest end that you told me to go, yeah. uh, because they didn't have the ones below it. Uh, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, you, you fucked me on that one. I'm going to be honest with you because she's not here. I can tell you, you fucked me because Mrs. Brian was like, I want this in the house all the time. I was like, Fuck. It's the best. It's, it's the best. It's really and, and good. Quite frankly, if you can find the lower brand, it's equally as good. Yeah. So that's like, that's like a, uh, a Friday night drinker. Mm-hmm. The other one's like a daily driver. You yeah. know, like it's, <clears throat> it's one of those. It's your lawnmower uh, those, beer. Of wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Cune is a fantastic Spanish wine brand. It's my, um, my my uh, wife's grandpa's favorite favorite wine. Um, and he can buy pretty much any wine made in Spain and he just sticks with this brand. So I trust him. Honestly, we tried it straight out of the bottle and then we ran it through an aerator, uh, to, and then let it sit open for a while. Didn't matter. All three ways were really fucking good. Really enjoyable. Just doesn't even change that much either. Like it's, it's fantastic one. Um, okay. So 
I think that was kind of our beer, wine, cigar kick. But this is our vice talk. Vice talk. Yeah, yeah, vice talk. Breaking news, and on a, on a, on a sadder front, not sad as in someone died, but uh, the rapper Logic is making his last album and he's retiring. So his last album comes out next week and he's done. Uh, and for those of you who don't know Logic, immaculate lyricist, like one of the best of our time, phenomenal rapper, um, doesn't get the respect he deserves because rap nowadays is all mumble shit. Uh, but on, on a non-mumble front, things that matter, poetry, Logic is top of the game. Yeah. He's fucking incredible. Um, yeah, so that's going to be, that's going to be a bit of a shocker, man. Like I'm a huge, I'm a huge logic fan for the poetry. I don't always like his beats, but it's not about his beats. It's more like spoken word, right? When he's talking. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll miss him. Hopefully he comes back after he's raised the kid for six or seven years and, you know, kind of does the Eminem comeback. Um, cause yeah, it's, it's going to be a big gap. For, for, for someone to fill. I just don't think we have anybody that can fill that gap. Mm. I, so. I, I, this is the point where I'll listen to you and uh, maybe go check out some of his stuff later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I think you'll like Logic. Logic's okay. good. He's, he's, he's a poet. You know, like, it's, he's, he's not... He, he made the song uh, about suicide. Do you remember that one? The one song about suicide? I no, it's it's do, it's sorry. the one eight hundred something, the suicide hotline song. Oh, the one that they did on the, like the Grammys. That was a mm-hmm. whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So he's and and as touching as that song was when he performed his li- performed it live, all of his stuff lyrically just has huge impacts. Um, so yeah, that's gonna suck. But if if you're looking for someone to replace him with. If you're a Logic fan or just a fan of poetic rap in general, um, Dave out of the UK is the absolute shit. Um, that dude is fucking amazing. His new album should be out here later this year. Hopefully, if COVID doesn't impact it too much, maybe early next year. But it doesn't matter. Um, latest album, Psychodrama. Psychodrama, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um just absolutely fucking probably 2020 best rap album of the year level shit. I, I mean, I listen to a lot of rap. This thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's not even fair wow. um, how good it is. Yeah, psychodrama. Tw- <coughs> and sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. I went inhaled some of the, uh, the beer. Um, <laughs> That's not how you do it, it, Frank. It, Album came out late 2019. In the U.S., it really started picking up early 2020. So for me, it's a 2020 album. Um, but yeah, it's fucking just stupidly good. Go listen to Psychodrama by Dave. It's the shit. Okay. Well, now at least I got something to listen to tomorrow while I'm fucking doing work all goddamn day. Yep. <sighs> not there's there's not a song on that album that is not a seven out of ten. A seven out of ten. That's okay. Those a are high seven marks. out of ten. Okay. Uh, there are plenty of nine, ten out of tens, but yeah. there's there's no there's not one that's not a seven out of ten. Okay. Um, <clears throat> on uh, 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 you know what? I feel like I I should give I want to give my music take right now, and it's not as not as uh, like 
n times e is the one that you just did because this this group is not going away hopefully anytime soon. Uh, but this is the first album they've done in a long time, and with some new new. Uh, I think they have a new drummer uh, from the last album that came out. Do they also have a new singer? No, 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 no. It's still, still is the band the Cranberries. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn it, Frank. No, this is uh, in the same vet. You know what? Very similar to the Cranberries. Disturbed. Lamb of God. Uh, <laughs> That's right, dude. The fucking the the Power Trip Morning Show just talking about this this morning. Okay, they played so some shit. It sounds amazing. So Lamb of God, they're probably you probably recognize them from their shit that was on Guitar Hero or some stuff that came out in the early two thousand. Or 2000s. God of War. Yeah, or uh, Halo fucking montages mm -hmm. that people put out all over YouTube in the early days. Okay, they're a video game. Nah, band. they're beyond video game bands. Just people that no, play I, video I, I games. No, I understand, but for our generation, we got introduced through... It's like yes. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. except uh, a little heavier. Um, but this, Way heavier. <laughs> this, this album, this entire album is basically just a fuck you to the GOP. And it's great. And like, if you listen to just... I understand that uh, this music, black metal, death metal, whatever you want to call it, um, is not for everybody. But... This shit is fucking great. Like, I've been listening to this album probably, honestly, through and through once a week f since it came out at the end of June. Uh, it's only 10 songs, only 44 minutes, but this shit is heavy as hell. And, honestly, for as much <laughs> that you get from it, there's only two songs that are listed as explicit. Um, and I think you'll figure out why those are explicit when you listen to them. But, like... Memento Mori, uh, Memento Mori is the first first track off the album. They released it about six weeks ago. It was fucking great then. It's even better now. And if you like that, it flows right into old Checkmate, which is exactly what you think it's about. Uh, make sure you vote in November. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you know, so that's amazing. Like Lamb of God is one of those deep cut bands that like everybody knows they're good. Yeah. Because quite frankly, like, okay, I'm of the opinion, EDM, heavy metal, death metal, way more relation to classical music than any genres that are currently out. Like that shit is literally fucking hand written concertos. It just happens to be hard rock. Um, <clears throat> so it's really fucking difficult to do what those people do. Mm -hmm. Dude, um, their, their voices match so perfectly like in harmony with sh industrial sounding like stupid. guitar riffs it's it stupid. is great uh, it's, it's stupid so the, the talent there as a band uh is is you're, you're talking way more about like yeah it's it's more like a symphony orchestra than fucking justin bieber's whatever <laughs> album right so yeah. uh, huge respect for him i i can't get into the screamo too much um and they don't do a ton of it they don't do a ton of it. They're more like this is guttural. It's not. Yeah, it's very <laughs> guttural sound. It's, yeah. it's there's yeah. there's a couple different ways to go about it. Actually, as a matter of fact, um, we talk. Willem and I are both big fans. I think you and Mrs. Frank are too. But Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History did a whole yeah. series on uh, like death metal and what it what like the differences of style and tonal differences of death metal. It's actually really interesting, and you hear people talk about it, and you understand that these people know music. It's super important. It's yeah. super important because when you like when when you get the basic bitches out there who go, I don't like EDM, you're like, uh, OK, uh, that's like saying I don't like music. Uh, let me let me introduce you to the actual genres that make up 
EDM. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm positive there is something in there that you will find uh, interesting at the very least. Um, at the most, maybe you like some of them, but yeah. interesting is sort of like to me death metal, death metal, heavy metal is super interesting. I just can't listen to it every day. Yeah. Um, but I can I can appreciate the artistic talent it 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 takes to make that music and arrange it and to sing it like it's fucking difficult um so so it's why like i will never shit on a band like metallica or iron maiden or like it's it's all shit that's just super fucking talented Mm -hmm. it's not anything that i enjoy listening to (laughs) daily but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bash it you know like can i just just like no i so the other day i played um what the hell was it i played skrillex uh, for 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 a neighbor of mine, because <clears throat> he knows someone that owns the Float Fest. Okay, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, one year they they got Skrillex in here for like sixty grand, knowing he would sell at the river." And I go, "Okay, um, do you know that Skrillex invented a whole genre of music?" And he was like, "No, I didn't know that." I go, "Okay, so for fifty grand, you get to bring in a person who invented." an entire genre of music, mm-hmm. okay? Sub-genre of EDM. To this day, I mean, you've got Avicii, you've got Skrillex, you've got Armin, you've got Kraftwerk, you've got um, uh, Paul Van Dyke, you've got, like, probably under 15 people that have taken that genre and moved it to where it is today. Yeah. And you can get him for 50 grand, right? That's like, fucking insane. You do it all day, every day. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, yeah, it's, it, people need to stop shitting on genres. Just if you don't appreciate it, fine, at least find, find out why people enjoy it or at least appreciate it for what it is. Even if you hate it. I mean, the same goes for all the other shit that we talk about on a regular basis here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if you think cigars are gross, like find out why Frank and Brian enjoy cigars. You, you might be surprised and not saying that that's going to change your mind, but you might have a greater appreciation for for uh for that yeah. for for whatever that that activity is um now i will say we do draw the line at racism um if you enjoy racism we <laughs> do not condone that and you can go fuck yourself no, about we're that. talking about the arts here <clears throat> yeah no that is not an art to the arts <laughs> that is not an art that is shit and uh we yeah. don't condone shit no i yeah I, and and try and try honestly like i feel the need to say this the arts are the arts for a reason um the arts are meant to point out and, and to, and to point things out in society, right? It's, it's a discussion medium. Right. And I get very frustrated when people go, um, listen to an album and a discussion gets brought up and they're uncomfortable by it or something in the discussion gets said that offends them, but they don't understand that it's like a discussion. Right. And like, if, if we can't have, offensive comedy or we can't have offensive music or we can't have, then what are we doing? Like it, it, it's just, we, we've got to start appreciating things from a discourse level uh, in a medium that is meant to create discourse, right? Like it's, it's frustrating to me that people, people want to be like, this isn't a literal arena. This isn't something someone performing in front of like, um, 
Congress trying to make a point. This is someone having a discussion within a political framework. And that's, I guess, to me, that's the most frustrating part about people hating on rap um, and and certain genres of music. Like calling it mumble rap, like you just did earlier. (laughs) No. Okay. There's a style of rap that I can't appreciate as much as some would. I like mumble rap. It shit makes sense to me. I know Willem likes it too. Um, but I, so the part that I don't like about mumba rap is there thus far has been very few artists that actually are poetic in mumble rap. Now I understand that's a style. I get it. It, it, it's, there's a certain part of clutching out and just fucking, you know, like partying. I get it. Um, but also realize that that style isn't going to be highly touted. Right, like there's there's an exchange there. <laughs> no, I mean, neither was hype rap in the early two thousands where yeah, we had yeah. fucking to the windows to the wall. It's not a big the deal. Club, it's going down. Yeah. Is it everywhere? You mean guaranteed to go down? I guess. Verse number two, do the damn thing. Literally, yeah. he's just telling you, I'm going to do the same shit that I did the first go around. Yeah. I'm just going to listen to it again. So I've got I've got no issue with it. Got I, it. it Brian I got and I, we know. Okay, we've been in the rap genres since like the mid nineties. It's not, so there's, there's not much here that surprises me, but there becomes stylistic choices that people make and they either want to send a message or they don't. And that's okay. I can appreciate both. But what offends me is when people get offended by someone saying something, uh, in an artistic platform, you, you can, you can point out that it's offensive to you and then you can counter argue it. But we have gotten into this habit of just shouting it down making no counterpoint, dude's an asshole. I don't know. I just, I don't think that's healthy to discourse in general. Um, At the same time, if someone tells me that 903 makes the best beer on the planet Earth, I'm like, you're, you're wrong. I can, give you, I can give you reasons that it's wrong, but at some point, someone's going to cross me at the wrong time and I'll be like, go fuck yourself. You're so wrong. Sure. I'm done. I'm done. And Honestly, I think that probably has more to do with people's reaction to, especially comedy, because it is very subjective. Uh, someone could hit on something that you've been dealing with their entire lives. Like, absolutely. Like, like uh, the, we, we went through it a, about, like, what, I don't know, it seemed like it was a week ago. It was probably seven weeks ago at this point. Probably seven weeks ago. Uh, but when we were dealing with that Michael Scott episode uh, where the uh, branches came together and Michael Scott kept calling that one dude fat or whatever the fuck it was. That yep. was a fucking moment for me that I really goddamn hated. I don't. Mm-hmm. That shit is not funny to me. It's not funny at all. Because and the people who laugh, like, it, it, we, we're not gonna get it back into it. But one of those no, things that, like, it, as soon as it comes up, I'm like, go fuck yourself. It, that to me, that's that low hanging fruit. It's not funny, but it is. It, it like it, it it to someone it's funny, and I'm not gonna call them a fucking idiot to their face, but I'm gonna look at them sideways next time they say something. I'm like, yeah, you are a fucking idiot, and uh, people need to understand. That shit's gonna happen. Just like when you say some shit that's slightly racist that you say in front of your family and you say it out in public, if you get tagged in the chin, you're like, well, nah, it wasn't very funny then, was it? I mean, okay, so, so, but, but, so, so I think the one thing, and, and we don't have to go further, but the one thing that I will say is in comedy, right? Comedy exists for one single purpose, right? And that's to find humor across the board in everyday life. Now, I understand that has been used in the past, kind of specifically targeting, but I think I think comics are starting to become wiser, right? 
and having more diversity in comedy has bec- it's it's made everything better. Um, yeah. And quite frankly, there are some subjects that we've all come to realize. Yeah, maybe that's a little bit harsh. You know, maybe we don't go there. Um, but that's the beauty to me of comedy is the discussion takes place. People go, hey, hey, that's too far. And then we reevaluate. Right. And then yeah, the, reassess the, and we move forward like that's it doesn't happen so fluidly as it does in comedy. And that's why I really appreciate comedy. Well, it's also you see someone standing up there and they're not in a fucking co- normally if they're a fucking normal. No, they're essentially being, naked. They're they're the. Per- yeah. And that's. Yeah. Any performance is, is really difficult to do in front of an entire audience. And anybody who says different is a fucking a idiot. A diverse audience that's not been pre-selected, that's like buying tickets. They had you're to fucking... Like you're testing not, out new jokes. Hey, do you think this is funny? <laughs> like, yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> difficult. However, um, like one of the... Like you don't, you don't get that in any other art form, like you said. Like you're not going to say some shit and rap and someone's going to be like, that's a bad take, homie. Like, it's going to take a minute for that to seep through mm-hmm. the, the the society. It's not going to be an immediate, like, this dickhead said this. Fuck him. Fuck him. Like, yep. okay, like, uh, while that's true, like, give him a chance to uh, see see the opportunity for change. You said something interesting, though, that I wanted to touch on, where you said that when people hear, that, like, okay, that's not cool anymore, you have to be smarter about it, I think is what you said. Or you, you have, what, I, what I heard and, like, what I wanted to touch on is, uh, cleverness, um, cleverness with comedy and wittiness with comedy. Yeah. There's lazy comedy, lazy well, comedy. Exists yeah, there everywhere. is. And then there's also that subversiveness that comes with wit and cleverness, mm-hmm. um, that is also detrimental as shit to an entire society. If you're not careful, um, because I growing up where I grew up, um, you hear, and this is something that I try to get across to Mrs. Bryan, who, for those of you not who are new to listening, Mrs. Bryan is a black woman. She's been black her entire life. It's the damnedest thing. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but she tells me that's that's normal. Um, but you know, she like I'll I'll catch I'll hear something. And I'm like that's fucking racist as shit. And she'll be like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, Look, "No, that you know." And I explain why whatever comment was offensive. And she's like, "I've never heard that in my entire life." I was like, "Well, I have, because people who I grew up around can't say the n word." Because they would get they would get yelled at. So let's yeah, they say figure some, out clever ways to be racist. Exactly, and that's what like that's to me like okay, yeah, I understand that people are going to change, but why are they changing? And that to me is way more important than the fact that they changed. Because if they're changing just to not get in trouble, that ain't it. Like that's <laughs> that's not helpful. But you know, for a majority of people, that's not the case. But to people who are going out there and listening. I, believe it or not, podcasts are readily available to a lot of people. A lot of people can just start their podcast on their own. Like, I literally, literally, you don't need any prior experience. And no one, and if you're, uh, you know, self-funded like we are, because we just, you know, got so much money. We can't just, find, I mean, we turn down sponsors. Left that's and why right. You guys, hear, you guys hear so many ads because we turn them down. Commercial free, that's philanthropy on no real left behind's behalf. But really and truly you hear something that you identify with on a regular basis that you, it's just say a podcast and you're like, these guys are funny. They're great. And then you start listening for a while later and you're like, yeah, fucking, but if you're non-white, what are you even doing here? Like that's obviously an extreme example, but at the same time, like there's nobody fucking regulating what people are saying on podcasts. Not a goddamn person, not a goddamn soul. Like I last, that, that is, that is, Okay, 
that is to an extent the beauty of podcasts. Oh, because 100%. It is it is the it is the neighborhood square, but it is also or the town square and it's also our responsibility to shout down. Exactly. Right. And so it, if it, if you're standing around and you're listening to something IE Joe Rogan mm. who has um bottom line underlying racist kind of subtones to it, uh, you really should evaluate whether or not that's worth your time. Because yep. um, that's a top five, top three top, podcast yeah. sometimes um, on earth. And quite frankly, it doesn't help discourse. What that man does is in, introduces um, racial under, undertones by virtue of telling people that um, people are too insensitive when that's in fact not the case. Yep. Um, and then he introduces things that are um, borderline batshit insane conspiracy theories. Yeah. That uh, he tries to normalize is like, oh wow, yeah. So, so you you you've heard that sir, silver nitride or whatever <laughs> is is a is a uh, a preventative for the coronavirus. Uh, let's talk more about that. And yeah. then he brings on like, I mean, it's like bringing on a snake oil salesman to a crowd of people who have a vested interest. A fucking, yeah, but who have trusted a fucking MMA commentator <laughs> yeah. with opinions. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? I'm just a dude this, who this watches, man, watches MMA fights and tells dick jokes. You also have two million people who listen to your every episode. He doesn't understand the responsibility he has. And as such, I mean, I, I have zero interest in supporting his show. Um, he takes himself way too seriously. Yeah. Uh and, but and under the while guise, trying to, sorry, while trying to pretend that he doesn't, which exactly, frustrates like, me the most. Under the guise of trying to learn, like yeah. shut the fuck up. Like I, um, you listen. Here's the deal: you can ask those questions that you're asking uh, a guest, and then if you counter with not like, well, I heard this. No, you counter with actual fact of what well, that's that can't be true. Like that's what you counter with. I mean, it's. I, I, no, but it's I, only it's only that can't be true if you know what you're talking about. Like that's I guess Joe Rogan shows true. his dumbassness through the fact that he goes, hmm, that's interesting. And anybody else who's had a an iota of science education goes, motherfucker, that's impossible. Yeah. So when he brings in the uh, he interviewed the flat Earth conspiracy theorist people, right? And the number of times where he was like, that's interesting. I was just like, it, it would be, it do would, you, you understand how many people you're hinting yeah. to that this might be a real theory within science. Like you should be, you should be introducing people to the cutting edge of science, not trying to rehash shit that science has already determined is true. Patently, yeah. Um, at, at like at length, it's just, it frustrates me that that man has the platform he has being as fucking stupid as he is. One thing that's what I find interesting is in the early days of the Joe Rogan podcast, he would use that as a, an entry to ripping on his guest. And, 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 and quite frankly, he was so high. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't fucking even matter what he well, said. Well, Everybody was just like, ha ha. He's going to make jokes of all this shit. And that's, and that's what he used to do. And it was yeah. actually, that's why I started listening to it because he would have batshit crazy people on and he'd be like, huh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Cause see what I heard. And then he would just basically state fact to rip them apart. And it was, like I said, mildly interesting, but at the same time, it was also uh, intriguing that he was so high uh, mm -hmm. that he was having these conversations. But at the same time, like that was 2010, it was 10 years ago. 
was a lot of shit has changed in that time. Like I, I vividly remember, uh, downloading his podcast on my iPhone 3G in 2009, or like late 2009, early 2010. Dude, this was right after you told me. I'm not listening to Opie and Anthony anymore and you should listen to this podcast. Yeah. I I used to be a huge Opie and Anthony fan. Like I even went and got, we used to call in and make fun of Fez all Uh, the time. No, 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 no. We never made fun of Fez. Fez was great. Ron and Fez was fucking great. We made fun of that other dipshit in, I don't remember where the hell he was. Yeah, who was it? Oh, uh, God. He, he had that deep, gravelly voice. He used to be yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, used like, to, we used to call in as, uh, who was it? Uh, fucking someone from Oklahoma. Frank, I cannot remember. All I remember is you, you had, this was the early days of Frank being on, on the radio. I remember the first call that he made. Like most people, you're pranking someone, especially on the radio. You get in quick, you lie to the screener, then you get on the air, then you hit them with one point, and then you just rip them apart or say some shit. Frank played the long game. He asked a legitimate question, listened for the answer, and then hit him with it, which was fucking hilarious. But I remember sitting in our dorm freshman year of college, and I'm like, on the edge of my bed, I'm like, you know, because we're, you know, okay. What are you gonna say? And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell him this." And he gets through the call screener, and I'm I'm sitting intently, like, "Okay, yeah. What are you gonna say? Okay, when are you gonna hit him with it? When are you gonna hit? When are you gonna hit him with it?" He's like, "Oh, hold on. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild. What do you think they're gonna do about their front line and their first shift when they come through? They look to be a little weak, but I don't know. What do you think about the second line coming through? You think they're gonna switch or, or what? <laughs> the dude would start a long-winded response, and then the first breath that he would take, Frank would hit him with whatever punchline. <laughs> You know, the, the, the punchline was fuck whoever it was. Listen to Opie and Anthony. That's what it was. That was his. I was dropping like deep seated, like fucking inside jokes and shit like that. But it was a fresh. Like we were goddamn eighteen years old calling into national radio shows. Yeah. At one something you definitely can't do anymore because national radio shows don't goddamn exist, and the ones that do are so well screened that no yeah. one they're not fucking accepting calls are you kidding me no, no they're it's accepting, all pre it's preconceived di- if they're not getting Derek Jeter or higher to call into their fucking show they're not taking calls they don't give a shit I will I will tell you uh funny as shit and everybody should participate uh your favorite team local radio station after a loss uh. call in that shit is fucking or tune in but call in uh, that's just hilarious, and they don't screen those calls. Oh, they're, they're like, trying to go fast. What they what they do? They're like, uh, okay, who is this? They're like, oh yeah, Frank and Austin. Uh, what's your question? Uh, I just want to discuss the uh, the running back situation for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, uh, you're five callers ahead of you. Bam, put you on the line. You don't need to do shit, and you could say whatever you want for like <laughs> five seconds until they drop your call. Uh, it's hilarious. I mean, I don't, I don't cuss, but sometimes, you know, like, well, you get a little heated. Sometimes you also don't have to cuss to get your point across. Of exactly. Fuck yourself. It's actually better if you don't. Because yeah. then at that point, they, they can't drop your call. And they look like assholes because they're like, uh, oh, I don't know what that guy meant. I don't know what's going on next caller. I'm like, you know exactly what that guy meant. He, and that's, that, that's, that's actually like on the sports animal. They're uh, the kind of people who are like, I don't know what that guy meant. On KFAN out of the Twin Cities, they're like, yeah, we really should talk to Zimmer about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he'll try to we're so sick of losing in that town. 90% of the calls after a loss are just like, we're fucking sick of this shit. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's funny. Holy shit. All right. Do you have any? I was going to ask if you had anything you wanted to wrap with. 
Um, I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got one thing. Okay. Um, just to throw it back to, to the psychodrama. So Metacritic, Metacritic, right? Uh, compilation. Hold up. You, something just happened with your mic. You muted yourself. You said Metacritic and there's a compilation of something. Check the meat. <laughs> that didn't come out right. No. Okay. Can you, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear okay. you. No, I don't from, know what happened. I think I hit the, I hit the cord. From now on, um, let's not, I just want to make sure we're clear. Let's not call the platform that we're, we're talking on. Let's not call it the meat. Because it doesn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I, I did. Didn't. I said check the oh. meat. <laughs> and that doesn't. That's not a good. We're just gonna. So, um, no, Metacritic is is a compilation review site. It's actually really good because it takes sites like Pitchfork, The Guardian, whatever, and they combine all the reviews for given albums or movies. And it, it actually is like Rotten Tomatoes, but a little bit more honed in. Okay. Um, so first off for pitchfork to give psychodrama an 80 is it's that site is so high on itself when it comes to hip hop. That's a fucking incredible score for pitchfork. Yeah. But the, the compilation score for psychodrama is a 90. It's called the meta score. Wow. That is stupidly good. So, um, I, I've never looked this up. I actually just looked it up after I recommended it because I was like, "God damn, Frank! If you're <laughs> if you're hype if you're hype beasting something that's not good, this is going to be a problem." Um, luckily, a lot of people feel the same. So yeah, it gave me a little confidence. Definitely go listen to Dave's psychodrama. It's worth your time. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, maybe I recommended that too much. Uh, you know? maybe, uh, man, I I hope he I hope he lives up to this. <laughs> have you uh, have you seen that morning show uh, rapper? Uh, God damn it! He just fucking fails so hard. Oh yes, live I have. on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guys like they're like okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Welcome back I to the show. So Our next guest is now known around the world. His first appearance on Talk of Alabama a few weeks Share ago your screen. went viral. Oh, Here's why. Years ago, they tried to. Years ago, they tried to put me in the. All right, we want to welcome. He's just Mo- smiling. <laughs> he's he's looking at the camera. Going, years ago, they tried to, and he's just all teeth, all teeth oh, smile. Oh my god! You don't want an all teeth smile as you're failing. That's just, just abs- not a good look. Absolutely bombed it. Yeah, I listen. I we 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 talked about it. Performance of any type in front of an audience is is difficult. It, it is. That's and, why and it I, should be. It should be commended. That's it's why I ask so hard. everyone to leave the room when I'm trying to lay down, take take my girl to Pound Town. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right, guys. Hey, get guys, out of here. Guys. I don't like to perform in front of an it's audience. A little, it's a little stage fright <laughs> yeah. over here. I don't want you Just, guys to cancel me after I'm done right. taking this trip to Pound Town. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's some language being used here that might be an issue for me later on. <laughs> yeah, turn those cameras off, please. Airplane <laughs> mode. Everybody, airplane mode. If you're gonna stay, if you're gonna stay, airplane. You know matter, what? Matter of fact, put them in the bathroom. Put them in the bathroom. Yeah. the close, door. We're close that door. <laughs> now, choo choo, motherfuckers! Like, oh god, this is. Oh god, what is he doing? Oh, oh god. Interesting. Oh, yeah, god. It breaks breaks out the condom bowl. Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing. Oh, All right, hey, I've been trying to leave for thing. twenty minutes. What are you doing? No, let me out of here. <laughs> final thing about choo choo, motherfucker. Okay, so. Uh, cousin listens to the show. Great dude. 
Um, down in Australia, he's is part the cousin, of the defense. The cousin that I've met? Uh, no, his brother. Okay, hey, uh, cousin I met's brother. <laughs> so he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, his wedding was supposed to be in a couple weeks, three months from now, actually, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> happening next year, hopefully we get to cancel our 12 tickets. is a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, 12 weeks. It's a few. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to cancel our tickets because oh, uh, it's a shit ton of money to yeah. fly to Australia that we need to get back so that we can fly next year. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, the, the uh, ironic bit here, right? So he's part of the defense force down there. And he said, uh, so everybody who's been exposed to COVID has to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. And the defense force has been responsible for making sure and enforcing the curfew of the hotel, right? The quarantine. Now, they've been getting a little frisky with the guests. What? (laughs) What? So the old boys down under... Have been pounding their quarantine guests. God damn it, with, guys! You have one COVID. job. You have one they, job. It's not even that. That's like, sir, sir. They have coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's all right. I'm gonna take my chances. I'm gonna risk it. Like, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna risk it anyway, mate. <laughs> do, do, you, do they have the Australian version of that one, like Canadian guy that we have? Like, I'm still gonna send it, and then you just I'm still gonna send it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just fucking. Could you imagine being that horny? Like, yeah, let me let me guarantee myself COVID and also get some head. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess maybe, maybe they're like wearing N95 masks while going to pound town. Can you? Frank, showering with them i guess i don't know like how do you make sure this doesn't go all over who doesn't know maybe covid is a sexually transmitted disease it's not i think they've already done that test <laughs> oh uh, they've confirmed that okay confirmed. so it's safe safe and 95 masks uh i'm pretty sure not genuinely not looking it up yet i guarantee there's a genre on all the porn sites that is like mask porn i mean it's had to have been there for weeks at this point i mean porn moves pretty quick i mean donald trump got elected president and incest porn just went through the fucking roof <laughs> didn't didn't need to i'm pretty sure donald trump has a porno well no that's what uh, i'm saying like you, 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 there is a theory out there that uh, porn predicts the Jav- president javanka javanka and trump i get it yeah joe joe anyway uh yeah how, how do we know it wasn't a threesome a thruple we um, don't we really don't we don't okay well uh is no, that- we've seen we've all seen the creepy photos so and the video Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny how he was interviewed on the fucking View, and his ass was like, "Well, I'd probably be married to her if she wasn't my daughter." And, and then <laughs> everyone was like, "What? No, the what do you, what fuck? Do you well, actually? No, it was, what do you have in common with Ivanka?" And he said, "Well, I mean, I don't want to be callous, but probably sex." And she was like, "The fuck is that? <laughs> what the hell, Dad?" <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that look. I have given to my dad several times, not nearly as creepy situations, but that look has gone to my dad, you know, I mean, pregame pep talk when he's like, and then we were fighting off Viet Cong for three hours. We're about to play a high school football game. Let's not go into the Viet Cong stories right now. (sighs) Yeah. Way less incest than my dad's talks. It's 100% the creepiest moment on TV. 
yeah. Is when he was like, uh, yeah, probably sex. Uh, okay. Uh, she didn't even know what to say. <laughs> she was like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> See, to me, Frank, that is my comedy. Uh, it's the silence after someone says something so fucking heinous that everyone is literally oxygen is removed from the room because everyone's holding their breath. Like, what the fuck? It leaves, it leaves, it leaves the counter commenter breathless. <laughs> dude. Like, dude. All. I will tell you the story. I will tell you the story off the air, but let me just tell you right now: the English language has some words that seem very antiquated, and they don't really exist in our common vernacular. Um, when they come up, and you're like, "Oh God, that word is borderline offensive," and you hear what it means, you're like, "Well, that's not offensive at all." But then, you know, when the option comes out for someone to guess what it means, and they say something so fucking heinously racist that you're like, "Wow." That's fucking terrible, and you are a bad person. And then when you hear the word, you know the definition, you're like, "Oh, well, that's that's not that bad." But you're still racist. You're definitely racist. Yeah. No, it's just people. People play games. I, that's the know, shit like that I find hilarious. Pseudo racism is the worst kind of racism. Oh yeah, by well, far. On that like, positive, hey, yeah. Just you know, just use the n word. I'd, I'd be better with you using the n-word and just instead of arguing sure that why you, understand. you would use it yeah just because i want to be really sure you understand how racist you are instead of like dancing around the fucking subject <laughs> well on that high note uh i'm gonna play this because well you know what i'm gonna play this because i feel like you would appreciate this mm. you know okay uh well we definitely don't whistle through it. Anyway, uh, so thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Went a little two hours. It's a full hour shorter than the last episode. So you're welcome, Jerry. I see you out there. Um, be sure to check us out up on our socials. Like I mentioned earlier, at No Beer Left Cast on Instagram and Twitter, at NBLB Beer on Twitter for that beer content. <coughs> Uh, and be sure to recommend the podcast to a friend, family member. Grab your parents' phone. Make sure you you give us a positive review over on iTunes. We appreciate it. Send us a screenshot of your review, and uh, we'll post it out on our socials. It'll be fu- it'll be fun. We appreciate you. Um, for Brian here in North Texas, until next time, I am out. Uh, For Frank in far, far, far north uh, San Antonio, just wanted to go into a bit of a confession. Uh, 2017, I didn't jog. 2018, I also didn't jog. Um, 2019, I didn't jog. And thus far in 2020, I haven't jogged. So uh, this is a bit of a running joke. I'm out.